Mace Front, true believers, this is Modular Media's No Prize Podcast. The podcast where we talk about Marvel movies, comics, television shows, merchandise, toys, and more. And please stop licking your thumb at me. <laughs> I'm your host, Chris Boingo, Ryder Gaston, and with me, as always, is... The Vacuuminator. And for context, I had been eating a chocolate protein bar, so there was chocolate all over my fingers. And I thought it would be funny if I tried to fuck him up by by licking my fingers aggressively sexually at the camera. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can never fuck me up because I commit to the bit. Good for you. Commit to the bit. Commit to the bit. You want to hear if you want to hear that said more, go watch this week's MMWP, <laughs> which we just finished recording. It's yep. 2 a.m. Everybody. And Hallelujah. somehow I don't sound as tired as I did last week. Maybe it's this fucking bang energy. I'm sure sponsored, not, not sponsored. sponsored, by the way. Yep. Please sponsor. I mean, sure. Why not? Uh, but we are still currently in between MCU projects. So we are going and diving down into the Marvel legacy. And we are diving into a brand new show this week that I loved as a kid that I have shown to vac and go like oh, hey you're nostalgic for this i didn't know yeah. you didn't tell me that okay <laughs> yeah the, like what we're talking about this week is spider-man unlimited okay so here's the thing i i caught this on jetx and toon disney and all those places so like i'd be scrolling by and it's like oh spider-man i like spider-man what the fuck is this shit this is awesome that's such a boingo reaction yeah so why don't you tell the folks the the basic idea of Spider-Man Unlimited? The basic idea. You want the basic idea of the show? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's how many did I take the wrong edibles moments can we fit into 22 minutes? That's the basic idea. <laughs> do you want me to give the actual plot? You can probably do it better than I can, honestly. Because, like, that first... The first five minutes of this show are fucking insane, dude. Like, I, I was having such whiplash going like, what? What's going on? Who's this character? Why? What? 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 What is this person? What's going on with Peter right now? Why? Why does Jameson sound funny? What's the status of the relationship with Mary Jane? Huh? What? Okay, so you know Spider-Man? You know the basic idea of Spider-Man? Okay, think of that. Uh-huh. Well, okay, so J. Jonah Jameson has always had a son in the comics who was an astronaut. So he's yeah. a thing. Yeah, uh, so Jameson is about to go on a go on a merry adventure through a warp gate to the other side of the sun because they found a thing called Counter Earth. When when did the, when did they build this warp gate? How is that a thing? Before the show. Don't worry about it. Also, like uh, that's such a Marvel ass thing to say. Like, oh, it's not. It's not. Uh, we're not naming it another unique planet name. It's not Earth Two. It's not anything like that. It's fucking Counter Earth. Yeah, Counter Earth. Such a '90s thing, too. Counter Earth. Yep. So Jameson goes through, and Peter Parker's trying to stop Venom and Carnage getting into the ship, and he does his whole Spider-Man thing. He fucks up somewhere, and everybody thinks, "Oh, he's trying to sabotage the rocket ship." Fuck you, Spider-Man. So for like six months, Spider-Man is like persona non grata. Everybody hates him, and Peter Parker's just like, "Fuck the world. Fuck you. Fuck you." I was trying to save Joan, uh, J- uh, Jameson. Then a message comes in, and Jameson goes like, hey, y'all, shit be fucking crazy over here. I need help. And Spider-Man goes like, fuck yeah, I can help him. Let me just pull out my handy-dandy nanomachine suit that I helped, that 
Reed Richards helped me help me make that just Did happens. Did he say so that? Did yeah, he Reed Richards helped. Okay, him. I didn't catch that. I thought it was just like, nah, he just whipped this up over a weekend. Like that was that whole bit was insane to me. Like what? Okay, that's the explanation for this suit. Let's go. All right. Uh, and the suit looks like twenty ninety nine, just without the skull. It's it it's a it's a it's weird to see like how like goofy and action figure s that design looks without certain elements it looks good i like it it looks good but it looks like a fucking toy oh yeah no dude this is just a toy commercial for a toy it, line that i think never existed it does it does like man but we'll get we'll get more into that so he gets on the ship he does the whole thing he gets on the counter earth not Turn before out. Not before fucking Nick Fury just shows up for five seconds to be like, Spider-Man, no, don't. Why not? Shit, you're right. Go ahead. With a jetpack. Just a, yeah. a jetpack. For no reason. Um, so Spider-Man goes to Counter-Earth and he's like, all right, cool. Let me go help Jameson. Wait a second. Why does everything look like a cyberpunk neo-noir setting? Okay. Why the fuck are there furries everywhere? Okay. What? Why does Carnage look like a Zevo now? He looks fucking great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't brought up the fact that the symbiotes can just be moldable goo, even though they have human bodies in them the whole yeah, time. Yeah, like, like, I fucking, for the first little bit of this show, I was like, okay, the symbiotes are just their own characters now. That's that's a little weird, but whatever. And then, and then, like, they mentioned that, no, it's it's still Eddie and Cletus in there at one point. And I was like, what the fuck? How? <laughs> more things. So Spider-Man's freaking the fuck out, going like, what the fuck is happening? And then four, four people roll up. A ram dude, a bear woman... A, uh, a cat man, a tiger man, if you will, and oh, a I rat know. girl. No, he doesn't have a mane. He's a tiger. He has stripes. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's a rat true. woman. I'll roll up and go like, hey, yo, what's up? We're the Knights of Wondergore. What the fuck is a Knight of Wondergore? We are a Knight of Wondergore. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, be cool. You want to hang out with us? No, we're going to fight then. And so they fucking chase him. All the while, Rat Woman's fucking horny on main for Spider Dick. This uh, dude, dude, fuck me. Was that hard to take at first? Like, I was like, how have I not, how has this not been parodied to death on like the level of the 60s show? What the hell? Why is there not like, like, where's the secret subculture of people that ship them and make embarrassing fan art and fan fiction when they're 12? Show me that fucking alternate fucked up universe, goddammit. I am swearing like crazy tonight. I apologize. Yeah, but basically, Spider-Man's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. He's using all of his new powers and abilities of the suit, trying to trying to escape these knights. And he does. And the knights eventually... No, he doesn't. The knights eventually catch him, and they got him in a thing, and they're trying to figure it out. All the while, again, Rat Woman, horny on Maine. She wants the spider dick. She wants to breed with that spider boy. And you know what's? It makes sense when you reckon, re remember what her name is. Lady Vermin. Spiders are also considered a vermin and a pest. But they get the spider guy, and that's just the first episode. Yeah. That's, that's all um, the, the, the primary setup. So you went into this blind. Yeah, I also love how you fucking skip over 
the fact that like there's this there's a scene with Mary Jane in this that implies they're living together and probably maybe married. I don't know. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna fuck off to another planet. Don't worry about it. I'll be back. I'll be back in time for dinner. Don't worry about it. For an indeterminate amount of time. I don't but, know like, when the I'll only be back. lines she gets. The only lines Mary Jane gets in this show. This is the thing that fucked me up. The, uh, this and Fury were like the two things that I was like, what? Why would you throw these characters in if you're just going to do this? Because Mary Jane has this scene after all the stuff of like Spider-Man getting shit on across New York where she's like, oh, I feel so bad for him right now. I wish he'd just quit and just be my husband because he just he he's not happy now and he deserves happiness. And then he's just like, yeah, I do. I'm going to fuck off to another planet and leave you here alone. What? Uh, <laughs> what? The worst part. We'll get into the worst part because what we did, we only uh, the plan was to only watch the first four episodes. So that's all Vac watched the first four episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I watched decided, three last night and one tonight to kind of keep I, myself fresh. I decided to watch all of them, all thirteen episodes. It gets fucked, dude. Does he? Does he? Does he get? No, 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 no. But Peter Parker Heron Pro Tag is in full swing. Oh my god. So in the second episode, it tur- we we get some backstory for this whole thing. We get we finally get some understanding. So the High Evolutionary, which is a Marvel Comics canon character, decided, you know what? Fuck Earth. I don't want to be on Earth anymore. I see Counter Earth. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go build my build my paradise. If I'm wrong, is this is this like completely different from the fucking comics yes. High Evolutionary? Yes, <laughs> this is completely different than the High Evolutionary in the comics. In the comics, he's like purple. If I remember correctly, isn't like he like having shit to do with the Kree or something like that? I don't know. I don't remember. But basically, he gets to Counter Earth and goes like, "There's humans here. It's just shit. Fuck." So he goes like, you oh, know, what? man, there's fucking greed and capitalism and wars and racism. This is just like regular Earth. This place sucks. I'm going to make some fucking furries. I'm going to make some furries. And like, he just makes furries and goes like, all right, cool. They're better than humans. You get to, there's only one type of racism. It's racism against humans. Except for me. I'm exempt from for some reason. And so basically they're trying to they're trying to, to, to break into Spider-Man, trying to figure out is he a bestial, is he a human? What's up with him? I like that detail that they can't like get they can't it's a nano it's a suit made out of nanites, so they can't just pull the mask off. Like that's yeah. that's something that most cartoons struggle with with superheroes. They captured the superhero. Why don't they just take his mask off? Yeah, they don't think of it. Um, but like this, there's a fucking reason for it. That's one of the that's one of the things that I was really impressed with this show about is having that explanation. Yeah. Also, I really enjoy just having the full black shadow on the front of the mask at all times. Mm-hmm. It's a nice look. I like it. Uh, but basically, the rebel faction comes in and breaks them up, breaks them out. Oh, by the way, you didn't know there's a rebel faction of yeah. like freedom it's, fighting it's, humans, and it's made up of Scarlet from GI Joe. Uh, a fucking Spawn character, and then Chuckles from G.I. Joe. <laughs> she also looks like Elsa Bloodstone. She does! Oh my god! It's Elsa Blood... No, it's Elsa Bloodstone, a random Spawn character, and then Chuckles from G.I. Joe. Who's, who, who's trying to... Who's trying so hard to be Constantine. Yeah. Oh god. It's fucking... They're breaking him out, and they're going like, Yo... The high evolutionary's bullshit. He came in, did all the shit to us. It, it's fucking bullshit. 
oh, it sucks, you know? And they're escaping, they're running away, they're trying to get out of it. Big old chase scene, all nine yards. And then they arrive in the basement. Now you may be asking, what's the basement? The basement's the underbelly where all the humans live. That's it. Yeah. And so they're basically... I love that it's like, oh, the humans are oppressed, but not like the humans are being regularly fucking slaughtered or anything. No, they just live in a slum. Yeah. But basically, the shitty houses that we didn't want anymore. Yeah. And and, and give them less economic opportunity. You know how likely we normally oppress people in the real world? God damn it, dude. Also, police brutality. This show is not smart enough to have been thinking that way. Fuck off. But goddamn, you can make that point. You can make it. So they go into the sewers because they're trying to take him to the rebel leader. And then uh, Rat Lady comes in and goes like, yo, still horny for Spider Dick, but we're letting him go so we can find the rebel base. And Tiger Man goes like, yeah, you're great. Keep doing, uh, doing your job. Does Tiger Man want to fuck Rat Lady? Is that no. the thing they were trying to get across as well? No, Tiger Man's just a noble dude. He's just a, he's a good guy. Good for him. Uh, so they're getting to the, the rebel base. And they're 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 going through the whole thing. They're trying to they're trying to be trying to get to everything. Venom and Carnage show up, and they show off what they're doing. It's zombies. Yeah, it's it's body snatching. It's it's a shitty version of Noel way before Noel existed. Yeah, uh, Synoptic. That's such a '90s name. Yep. Uh, and they finally get to the Rebel leader, and lo and behold, it's J it's Jameson. John Jameson. John Voiced Jameson. Voiced by a man. John fucking Payne. I popped over that. Do you know who John Payne is? No. He is Tell a me. He is a voice actor from the mid-90s to early 2000s. And, like, he kind of dropped off for a little bit. And then he did the fucking reboot of Superbook. He was a bunch of voices in that. And then he hasn't done anything since. Um, but he is a major voice from my childhood. Because he voiced Duke in the mid two thousand CGI GI Joe movies, hmm. and uh, this wasn't like something I watched a lot as a kid, but I caught it a couple times. He's Doctor Watson in Sherlock Holmes in the twenty second century. Oh dear God, that's another nineties ass fucking TV show. Yeah, but basically, uh, Jameson's going like, "Hey, Spider Man, we can't we can't leave yet. The humans are oppressed. We got it. We got to fight the system." Spider Man's going like. Motherfucker, we don't live here. What are you talking about? And then all the Venom zombies come in, and Lady Rat, Rat Lady's like going like, "Hey, yo, we found your base." And everybody goes like, "Oh, Spider Man, you fucking, you asshole, you let him here." And it's like, "I didn't lead him here on purpose. You led me here." And they're like, "Oh shit, you're right." And then Rat Lady's horny on main for Spider Man. I love how I love how you just keep dropping them. That's great. You're doing a good job here, buddy. What? Describe her character any other way. What is her character other than horny for Spider-Man? Uh, fan art bait? Pretty much so. I mean, like, I'll be I'll be honest. I was half tempted just to check if there's leads of her. Are you checking right now? No, not. I'm scrolling through the episode. <laughs> I'm scrolling through the face. Episode. You made a face like, oh, let me check. Do you want me to check? Fuck it, I'll check. What's her goddamn name? Lady Vermin. Lady Vermin. Oh, it auto-completes to Spider-Man. There's an auto-complete for kissing Spider-Man. There's an auto-complete for Lady Vermin and Spider-Man fan fiction. Oh my god. I'm just gonna search rule 
34 on the Google. There's a fucking page on rule34.com. Oh my god. Oh my god. There is one, two, three, four, five whole images. That's and, five whole uh, images. More than I thought there would be. They're honestly not bad. There's some decent, there's some decent artistic quality on display here. Nothing too uh too distasteful either. Except for this one. This one's a little rapey that I'm looking at right now. Uh uh, it's not the character you'd think. Um Ooh, here's a here's a very tasteful picture of just her in a yoga outfit. That's that's nice. It's nice that somebody made that. I, I appreciate that there's modern fan art of this character. Uh hashtag Nick Spencer make Lady Vermin can into the 616. God damn it. I will get to something. I will get to a point of that later. Not Lady Vermin in specific, but in general. But basically, they they fight off the Venom people and the duo, the whole thing. And basically, all the Rebel faction goes like, "This is fuck. We need to find a new place." So they so they go out, and Jameson like finally makes his case for like, "No, we need to help these people." And Spider Man goes like, "Fine, I'll help, but not on your terms. I'm gonna help my way because I'm Spider Man." And then he's and then he's in in the basement running around, and he finds this young boy being accosted by a, a robot. He finds and, a little black kid. No, this no, no. Important. Mixed kid. Maybe it look, the the way it looks. Mom's Japanese. That's that's what I was saying though. Like they make it out. It was weird to me because he he looks. He, I'll say he's black leaning. Um, and his he mom is, is like super fucking Asian. And I was like, damn, how black was your dad? Well, we meet him later. Oh, we okay. So they they didn't just tease that for nothing. That does happen. Yeah. Um, and Peter Parker basically stops the robot and tackles it and saves the kid and the, and the kid's mom goes like, you know what? You need some, you need some help. Your hands are hurt and you need a place to stay. Guess what? You're staying with us. Also, you got to pay rent after two weeks. Yep. So that's the, that's the basic background setup of Spider-Man Unlimited. How many questions did you have after watching just these two episodes? I mean, it wasn't so much a matter of questions after I I get to the end of the pilots. Um, it's more so just like, wow, this is such a bizarre premise that feels like it comes purely out of a mindset of we want to make something that can act as a sequel to the 90s animated series that everyone remembers. But also we want to mix up the art style and also we want to make all these toys and also... And also, but what if we, and, and also, and, and, and also, and also, and also. I mean, that's honestly the vibe for the entire thing, the and also. Yeah. Um, because, and also, the next episode, mm -hmm. uh, Green Goblin shows up. And Green Goblin's like a, Green Goblin's like a weird halfways between regular Green Goblin and Ultimate Green Goblin in design. But apparently he's just wearing an Iron Man suit kind of a deal. And he's a good guy. What? Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Also, he's a wise guy just as much as Spider-Man. And, and they, like, hate each other's jokes. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they hint at the fact that Green Goblin is, uh, the, is the dad of that family. Oh, is that? I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their dad. That's the dad. Oh, that's legit. Oh, okay. Is he black? They don't ever reveal his face. No, they do. They do in the past, and yeah, he's he's black. He's about the same skin tone as uh, his son. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's pretty much episode three. 
Anything else you, you anything you want to bring up about episode three? Let's let's scroll through it a little bit and see if there's anything weird about it. Oh yeah, Peter Parker also gets a job at the local newspaper selling pictures of Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Here's discount Jameson, who kind of looks like a mix between actual Jack Kirby and Perry White. Yeah, yeah. They all they, we also explore the synoptics some more about what the whole Venom and Carnage plan is, what their whole goal is. Because mm-hmm. remember, they were trying to get to that planet because they sensed that the synoptic was there, which I found very odd. I'm like, if you guys knew the synoptic was there, why weren't you always trying to get to this planet? Yeah, if they weren't really doing any rockets. To the 90s show. Rockets from uh, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, Can we like, can we sidebar and we'll talk about some aesthetics with the show real quick? Yeah, let's talk about the vibe. Because, like, fucking the art style of this show is one of the most interesting things to me. Because it feels like they said, okay, we want it to look kind of like the 90s show. Like, it, I keep saying the 90s show. This came out in 99. But, you know, the 90s show that everybody remembers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Aerosmith. Yeah, we want it to kind of look like that. So it could probably maybe be a backdoor sequel to it. But also, um, we're very influenced by comic book art, so we're going to make it look kind of like Jack Kirby and also kind of like Steve Ditko. And those three things just mix together to make one of the most generic 90s animation styles. Yes, but the designs themselves are interesting. I like the Spider-Man suit. I like I like aspects of it because it feels... It, it's weird. It just has a vibe I mean, that I dig. I mean, I'll I'll say I'll flat out say it. I like the Knights of Wonder Gore designs enough that I would buy Marvel Legends of them. The Knights of Wonder Gore are great. I like this Green Goblin design, not as Green Goblin full time, but like a Green Goblin. That's dope. I dig it. Respectful disagree. Oh come on! I love the wings with the little hands. But not for me. Uh, the Rebels are all cool looking. The Rebels are cool looking in like a dumb '90s way. Oh, like. Like these are great. These are great only in the context of this show. I don't want to. If these characters ever showed up somewhere else, I'd want their designs to be completely different. What you don't like? You don't like the guy just wearing a t-shirt and a tie? No, I'm not a fan of Chuckles. He's, he's and a, one of my and least a, favorite GI. And a sleeveless fucking trench coat. And a fucking tattoo that just says "Mom." Oh yeah, because he's super British, yo. Isn't this such a realistic British accent? Because for some reason, Britain, for, for some reason, this planet is exactly the same as Earth, except it's post-apocalyptic now. And look at the, look at all the furries. Look at all the furries. Here's a turtle what? man. You like this turtle man? Goddamn. Also, there's a lot of Japanese fashion influence in this, too. Hmm, yeah. Because there's a one random background girl who has, like, a plushy bear aesthetic. Like, she has plush bears. Yeah, the Peter doc- saves her, like, within the first few minutes of him arriving on Counter-Earth. Yeah, that's, like, a complete Harajuku-style, like, fashion, like, old-school, like, of that time. That's Japanese fashion to a T. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the sound design for the show is one of the things that really caught me, was, like, this doesn't sound like a cartoon to me. This sounds like a late 90s, early 2000s video game. Like, this put me in the mind of shit like Deus Ex or even fucking Spider-Man 2, the video game. Like, that kind of shit. It's good sound. It's good music. Mm-hmm. I love the it's intro. Just, the, the intro is, is fucking so, banger. It's so fucking 90s, but, like, it works. And it's, like, it's a great... 
it's the perfect way the the way they storyboard out the comic book the the comic book the comic book origin and like I love how the animation style and that goes from we're kind of Jack Kirby to we are exactly Jack Kirby Steve Ditko depending on the panel we're showing you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have episode four, which is the last episode you watch, which is Deadly Choices, where we get some backstory on that Spawn character. Yeah, Bandage Man. I don't remember his fucking name, even though I watched that episode like a couple hours ago. We're basically Sir Ram kidnapped a kid off the street and conducted horrific experiments on him. Yeah, that's, so he that's stole a- something from Saram, which turns out to be a biological weapon that both groups have to team up to get back from him before it destroys the city. Because the kid thinks it's like, oh, maybe this might cure me because mm-hmm. he wants to be normal. And also, there's a beautiful moment. It's like when he's a kid, he gives Sir Ram like a piece of candy thinking like, oh, innocence of youth. And Sir Ram just like, nope, kidnap. All the while, the dude's running away. Everybody's trying to figure out the figure out the kid. Figure, just try and solve the problem. Get the bomb, and everybody's freaking out. It's like, oh my god! All the while, this guy can hide anywhere because he's just living bandages, which is honestly a very cool and unique superpower. I really dig it. Yeah, he's Ragman. Yeah, it's really dope. I dig it. It's a it's a cool vibe. So, do you ev- understand what I did there? No. Ragman is an actual character from DC. Oh, okay. When did he come yeah. out? I think he's been around since, like, the 60s or something like that, but he didn't get, like, a proper solo series. He had, like, a maxi series towards the tail end of the New 52, and I remember hearing good things about it, but I never read it. But yeah, basically, Rag, uh, Bandage Boy is running around, and the Knights of Wondergore and the Rebels have to team up in order to stop the kid. And that's pretty much it. It's just It's just backstory for the kid and, like, showing that... Some of the knights are more amicable than others. Like, Sir Ram just hates this idea and he doesn't want to do it. But the Mm -hmm. tiger's going like, bro, we need their help. It's easier, man. Come on. Mm -hmm. The the ending was honestly kind of fucking hilarious where they're like, oh, shit, it's gone past one minute. We can't deactivate it. And Spider-Man just hands it to Ragman. I'm calling him that, that now. Fuck it. Uh, and And Ragman just does shit with his bandages and fixes it. And it's like... How did you do that? How, how did you know you could do that the whole time? How did Spider-Man know you could do that? What 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 just that? Okay, f- the episode's over. That's fine. Yeah, and basically the dude then immediately starts jumping uh, Sir Ram and just beating him up. And the rebels and the knights go like, you know what? Fuck y'all anyway. We did we didn't want to work with you anyhow. Uh huh. And uh, we do get a little brief segment with the dad, the Green Goblin dude outside of the costume. Yeah, where he's basically like, hey, you fucking dating that guy that's staying in the room? She's like, no, I'm not fucking dating that guy that's staying in the room. He is kind of hot, though. And the and the kid's like, don't fight. Is dad coming back? Don't fight. No fighting. I'm a stereotypical child in a cartoon. That's where you stopped in watching. So let me let me explain the rest of this series to you. You ready? Okay, Tell you me ready? More, Papa Boingo. Okay, so episode five, it's called Steel Cold Heart. Okay, you know those robots the knights have been uh, ordering around? Uh-huh. Well, Spider-Man comes across one of the oldest ones still running. Like, he's the 51st one off the belt, uh, off the factory floor. Okay. And he's going like, no, nah, man, I still function. And Spider-Man's going like, oh, shit, is this robot becoming sentient? And so the whole episode is just Spider-Man trying to save this robot dude. Hmm. And the robot dude goes like, you know what? 
I, I am sentient. I want to help out. I'm. I want to fight the system. I'm gonna fight the system that wants to destroy me. It's like cool. They now have and uh, they now have an ally. Sick. Yeah. Episode six. It's basically Craven the Hunter. It's not Craven the Hunter. It's a completely another dude called the Hunter, but it's basically Craven the Hunter. Damn, dude, this show fucking reeks of Avi Arad. <laughs> Episode seven. Cry Vulture. Guess what? Vulture's in this universe. Cool. Guess what, though? He's a bestial man who's friends with a human boy as a kid, but then he had peer pressure to be racist, and he hurt his best friend's feelings, and Vulture Man was like, no, I must fight for the humans now for equality. He fights for the users. Good for him. But also, he sees Spider-Man goes like, bro, you're human. You're dressing like a bestial. You're a fucking... Fucking poser, bro. Why are you doing that, man? And they... Yeah. Episode 8. Jameson's a werewolf. John Jameson? John Jameson's a werewolf. I... John Jameson's a werewolf. Because when he first landed, the High Evolutionary decided to conduct experiments on him and turn him into a bestial. But John Jameson escaped before he could finish. So whenever it's moon... Whenever it's, like, nighttime, he turns into a werewolf. You know, like a werewolf by night? So he's fucking common Rider? No, because he has, he has a little implant in his thing that like that just makes it like not turn into a werewolf. But it, every once in a while, it gets shorted out, so he turns into a werewolf. Rawr. That's that sounds like the premise to Common Rider nineteen seventy one. Uh, and then episode nine, subs, uh, uh, sustenance. Green Goblin is freaking out about his wife and kid and going like, I don't like this Peter Parker guy. I'm gonna follow this Peter Parker guy. Peter Parker, Spider Man, bro. I thought Spider-Man was a friend, and he's going around with my lady? Nah. So he starts fighting Spider-Man, and he goes like, yo, I know what's up, Peter Parker. And he's just like, what the fuck? How could you do this to me? How could you? What, what oh, you he want? outs him? He legit outs him? He tells him to Spider-Man, that's about it. He just goes like, okay. I know your secrets, Peter Parker. Get away from my wife, or I'll tell the world. And he's like, dude, I'm trying to leave the planet. I'm, I know where my spaceship is. I'm trying to leave. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'll let Jameson fucking have his furry fest. Whatever. And uh, fucking Green Goblin goes like, yo, you're leaving? I just, thought, you, of Alan... most, I just thought of the most hilarious thing. Hmm. Spider-Man gets back to Earth. Jonah's like, where's my son? Your son's a werewolf. What? Son's a werewolf! And just keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Green Goblin goes like, yo, dude, I'll help you get off the planet. Let's do it. And so they're trying. So they're in Atlantic City. They are specifically in Atlantic City. Okay. They're in Atlantic City. They repeat, like, several times. Like, it's not even, it's not even like a one-time thing. It's like, like, five times in this episode. They go, like, we are in Atlantic City. Whoa. So they find the big, the big, sp the station where they have the, the fucking, because that's something we didn't talk about. The comic panels in the corner of every establishing shot aren't enough to let you know. Yeah. I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a motif. It's, it's a vibe. It's cute, but it feels very dated. It, it, it it's kind of like the sliding the sliding footage in fucking Angley's Hulk. It is very much like we're trying to adapt a comic. We need to make it feel like a comic before realizing that to make it feel like a comic, you just kind of you just make a story. Vibe. Yeah. Uh. So they're trying to get to the spaceship, but they get uh they get in trouble, and some rejects help them. What's a reject? Well, they're a bestial that didn't come out right. Like, maybe it's a crocodile head with a human body. Oh, or... sick. Morlocks are in this universe? Yeah, they're basically Morlocks. Oh, 
Okay, hold on. Did I? Is it still saved? No, I need to find it. Because goddamn, there is a fucking frame of this episode that is just so fucking amazing. I have to show it to you. Okay. Let me find it. Goddamn, I'm just looking at this veiny ass Venom design right now with the ridiculous, like, semi spine endoskeleton. It's so weird. And skinny ass, bony ass carnage, too. What the fuck? So, that's a legit frame from this episode. Grab to the audience what you're seeing. I'm seeing a, a duck man who's not being phased at all by the fact that Green Goblin is pretty upset at him. Her. That's, uh, that's a woman. All right. She's a duck-mole hybrid. So you're going to need to work that into the episode image somehow. <laughs> and so basically, uh, the, the, the rejects go like, yo, we're going to help I'm you out, Spider-Man and Green this. Goblin. I'm going to fucking tweet this right now. You listening to me talk about? Uh, I'm going to tweet this Unlimited. on the modular account. You are you are the Duck Lady. I am Green Goblin trying to explain Spider-Man Unlimited. So true. <laughs> I'm not giving it that caption though because it won't make sense. No, but goddamn, that's a fun... <laughs> like it's shit like that that makes me go like this needs to be the biggest fucking meme. Why isn't the show more of a meme? It's so um, that's, fun. That's what I'm a, with. That's what I'm about to. T- try and start i so want to just cut out that duck head and use it as an emote in my discord server <laughs> buddy you fucking shit all right i'm gonna tweet this maybe i should also do that green goblin head too <laughs> but so the rejects go like hey uh we're gonna we're gonna help you out guys let's take you to our leader their leader is a giant caterpillar caterpillar lady with the head of like a green alien with the big Big old eyes with butterfly wings on her back, but she's a caterpillar. Okay, and they go like, "All right, cool. We're gonna take you up to take you up to the fucking uh, base, and we'll do the thing." They get to the base, and they go like, "Sorry, guys, we're there's actually a reward for you, and we were thinking of like turning you into the high evolutionary, so they could just leave us alone." And they're like, "You really think that's gonna happen?" And they're like, "Fuck, you're right, man. I guess we're fighting with you. All right, let's do it." And so they try and get to the spaceship. Uh, it goes off. And Spider-Man can't hold on. It get, it leaves the atmosphere. It's going back to Earth. But Spider-Man's not in it. He's stuck on this Earth. There's nothing he can do. Fuck. What's going to happen now? Episode 10. This is going to be your favorite episode. Guess what? Chuckle fucks the main character in it. Uh, <laughs> why is... How long is this show? How many episodes? We're on episode 10. There's 13 episodes. Thank God. Okay. So, turns out his name's Bromley. Bromley used to have a family before, shock and awe, the High Evolutionary took over and made all the Bestials things, and they kicked all the people out of their houses. So he got separated from his family and his brother, and he's looking for them. And guess what? The High Evolutionary and the Knights of Wondergore, they know where they are. And so they go like, hey man, if you bring Spider-Man here, we'll take you to your family. You don't like Spider-Man that much anyway anyway, right? And he goes like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. So he tricks Spider-Man to coming down, getting trapped. And he goes like, all right, cool. Here's the information about your brother and all this kind of stuff. And, like, Spider-Man goes like, Brahma, you're being kind of an asshole. And he goes like, you know what? I am being kind of an asshole. So they escape and they go like, oh, right. Where's your brother? with this basic bitch melodrama? Oh, no, no. It gets better. It gets better. Oh, boy. So they find out where his brother is. He's working in the underbelly 
of the High Evolutionary's castle in the middle of New York. There's a castle in the middle of New York. By the way, this counter-Earth has a New York. It is New York. Yeah, that, that was something that kind of threw me. Like, uh, I think they say it in episode four that they're in New York, and I'm like, what? What the? What are the fucking odds that he just land on this Earth's version of New York? What the hell? So they go. So they're signing to break into the to break into the castle, and Spider Man goes like, "I know what we can do. We can hide in the service thing. Well, I'll dress up in the uniform, and because I have a spider mask, they'll think I'm a spider beast, you'll do." And they do, and he's like, "Oh, hey, we're going in," and they're trying to sneak in, and guess what? Spider Man uses the power of horny on Maine to trick the Rat Lady, cause he's scrolling by and he's trying to bring Bromley in, and he's in Bromley's in the in a basket, and he's just pushing him along, and Lady Vermin goes like, "Spider Man, what the hell are you doing here?" And he just pushes the card off to the side and goes like, "Uh, uh, I'm I'm here for you, Lady Vermin. I I just can't stop thinking about you. I I'm horny on Maine for you." Peter, Peter, that is false pretenses. You never want to do that to a lady. They're fucking crazy. She'll rip your eyes out, man. So she she gives Spider-Man a kiss on the cheek and goes like, all right, meet me in my room in 15 minutes. I want to get pretty for you. (laughs) It's it's, it's fucking 2.30 in the morning. My mom is sleeping directly below me. You cannot fucking drop shit like that on me. She doesn't say it, but Spider-Man shows up to Bromley, and he goes like, "Okay, what's happening with Lady Vermin?" And he goes like, "Oh, she wanted to have fifty minutes to to get more to get into something more comfortable." <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a reason. Please tell like, me, please tell me, this is as bad as that shit gets. Yes, yes, that's that's, that's as bad as as bad as it got. That's why I kept repeating. She is horny on main for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. She wants that spider dick. So they go down into the basement of the the castle. Remind you, it's a castle in New York. Also, I love how you just told me all this, and like literally right now, I've just been having the episodes play on Disney Plus while we're talking. I literally just went past the scene where he sits down all like mournfully and goes, someday, somehow, I'll get back to you, MJ. (laughs) Yeah, all the while, every once in a while, there's moments where he, where he like sees MJ and his landlady's face. When she's like saying like, "Oh, Spider Man, like you need to do something about the world. Like you need to be, you need to be a good guy." And he goes like, "Oh man, that's something MJ would say." And remember the redheaded uh, uh, rebel lady? She eventually says like, "Spider Man, you're kind of an asshole. You you should help people." And he just goes like, "Come on, MJ!" And he grabs her shoulder and she just looks at him, and goes like, "Who the fuck is MJ?" And he's like, "Uh, uh." Damn, Peter, I'm embarrassed for you. Okay. I haven't even finished this fucking episode. God. So Bromley and Spider-Man are in the basement, and they find the water treatment area. The way they treat the water is they have these giant vats of water and catfish men in them. Like catfish. Catfish men. Like dudes. Catfish. And a person with a giant electric pokey stick is on the top going like, fucking clean the scum. Eat the scum, you scum suckers. Zap. Okay. And five seconds later, they're watching this. And the dude who was doing it's gone. And the person who picks it up, it's Bromley's brother. His brother's a fucking torturing catfish man. And it's like, oh no, what's going to happen? Bromley goes up to his bro and goes like, bro, it's been so long. It's, it's so good to finally see you. And his brother goes like, oh yeah, it is so finally good to see you. I can turn you in and get a promotion. I'm evil. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, wow. 
What a surprise. Fucking M. Night Shyamalan. He's done it again. So they have a big old fight, whatever. And Bromley fights his brother on the fucking pathway on top of the goddamn water vats. He pushes him into the water vats. Oh, guess what? It's all the catfish men he tortured. So they just grab him and drown him. They drown him. Like, they kill this dude in this kid's TV show. Dick. So at the end, Bromley's just going like, oh man, I killed my brother. But I guess I have my real family. The Rebels. That's that's fucking sad. I feel really sorry for Bromley. <laughs> if I if it, if I were Bromley, I'd kill myself honestly. All right, next episode: the Venom symbiote gets separated from Eddie Brock. We have an Eddie Brock episode, but yeah, here's the thing: let's go. Eddie Brock is so addicted to the Venom, even though he doesn't want the symbiote back because he wants to die a man. He's he's gonna die because he doesn't have the Venom symbiote. So Spider-Man's trying to save his life. So he's trying to find the Venom symbiote, get it back on Venom. And when he does, he accidentally destroys the clinic that his landlady owns. Oh, no. And he gives the Venom symbiote back to Brock. So he saves Eddie Brock's life. And she's just going off on Spider-Man going like, fuck you, Spider-Man. He would have died a man. He wouldn't have become a monster again. And you destroyed all my shit. You're a fucking asshole, Spider-Man. Fuck you. And he just goes like, man, no matter where I go, everybody just hates Spider-Man. That's that episode. Well, maybe you should stop being such a fuck-up, Pete. All right, episode 12, Sins of the Father. All right, this is a Kieran episode, the red-headed rebel girl. She's the, granddaughter of, she's the granddaughter of High Evolutionary. Fucking called it. And she doesn't know it. And he goes like, oh, shit, you're my granddaughter that I thought had died. Oh, my God, I, I want to turn you into a bestial so you'll be accepted by our new society. And she's like, no, I don't even know who you are because he who doesn't tell her. I did the High Evolutionary fuck one of his furries? No. He had human He had human children. Lame. Yeah. These, the creators of this show are fucking cowards. If, if you're going to put furries in your show, have someone fuck a furry. I mean, Spider-Man almost did. Almost isn't good enough. All right. But that's, but that's episode 12. Episode Canonize 13. the Rule 34 page that I just looked at. Episode, 30, uh, episode 13, Destiny Unleashed. So Spider-Man, the Rebels, uh, X-51, Green Goblin. Who the fuck is X-51? Robot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he's called that. That's his, that's his name, X-51. Okay. So they all team up to, to, to fight the high evolutionary bullshit, you know? Do all that kind of stuff. They're trying, they're trying, all that kind of stuff. All the while, they get cut. All the humans get captured. They're about to be fucked up and experimented on. All... Oh no, Cletus Cassidy and Venom uh, and Eddie Brock lose their symbiotes. They're just by themselves now. And Cletus does absolutely nothing weird and crazy. He's just a normal dude. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So they're trying to escape. They're trying to do this whole thing, right? They're fighting. They're doing the whole battle. Spider-Man eventually gets everybody loose and they're about to run and escape. And Eddie Brock goes like, no, man, you don't realize what's wrong here. The symbiotes put a dead man switch that if i was ever separated from the symbiote again the synoptic would explode and spore all over new york and turn everybody into symbiote zombies and then the whole thing fucking explodes from the underground and that's the end of the series 10 out of 10 that's the end 10 out of 10 ign there is there is no more spider-man unlimited it ends on a giant ass zombie cliffhanger so I checked in the credits, it was actually him. Avi Arad, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, some people like to fuck rat lady. 
Fuck you, Avi Arad. I'm so glad you're not involved with Marvel anymore. So that's Spider-Man Unlimited. What are your feelings on this show? Well, obviously, Avi Arad is a secret furry. We've learned that this week. Because I'm just going whole whole hog on the fuck Avi Arad bit, I guess. But, uh... Nothing wrong with furries. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, this is definitely a product of its time. Very, 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 very hardcore on that that aspect of it um it's not bad like i i i would struggle to call this outright bad it's just fucking weird it's one of the many many weird random shows from the 90s that you just look back on and go like how the hell did this get made what was going on well oh huh how many edibles did they take oh look scott mcneil got some work good for him yeah he's a good john jameson mm-hmm no, that's that's John Payne. Scott McNeil is fucking Carnage in this show. Oh, okay, yeah. And <laughs> you know who Scott McNeil is, motherfucker? Yeah, he was in Beast Wars. Yeah, he's fucking Waspinator. Yeah. And uh, Rat Trap. He's he's Rat Trap and Waspinator. Speaking of Rat Trap. <laughs> I just fucking... God, did, did you really just say that? Holy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> I saw the, I saw it. I had to take the shot. I, I never thought you would be the one to make a sex pun on this joke. Wow. Oh, man. But nah, th- this show goes in fucking weird places. It, it, But it's like, here's the thing. It does not feel like it's not a Marvel property. It feels 100% Marvel. This feels like, what if, this feels like another way of doing Spider-Man 2099. Like, like, if Spider-Man 29 was Doom 2099, Peter gets catapulted to a post-apocalyptic future. Yeah, but, but like... And it's an alternate Earth that just exists in our solar system, and we never noticed until now. This is fucking what if Spider-Man went to Mondas? Yeah, dude, like, here's the other thing. Like, several times, they show a raccoon man who just looks like Rocket Raccoon. Cool. Dude, like, this is, like, one part Rocket Raccoon's backstory... What it's fucking god, and there's so much like built in lore that you know they were dead ass proud of the Knights of Wonder Gore. That's a fucking name right there. They had plans, they wanted 10 seasons in a movie, and they wanted they wanted so many toys, dude. This was gonna be symbiote. This is gonna be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with that toy line. This is what they wanted, and like fucking I'd. I'd go back and buy some if they existed. Like, fucking... Where's my Pixel Dan video of the forgotten Spider-Man Unlimited toys? I, wa- I want that to exist, but that toy line probably doesn't even exist, and I'm sad now. I've made myself sad, boy. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking, because God... Oh, my God. Okay, no. They just... It, this is, these are our customs. Custom Marvel Legends. Uh, I hate Hasbro. Just, like, I'm not asking for every character, but, like, if you could just give me, like, a fan channel exclusive Knights of Wonder Gore set, I'd buy That'd be it. fucking dope. I would buy fucking Spy Rat Lady and do a bunch of, like, her dominating Spider-Man joke posts. The fucking, uh, her putting her hand on the wall and leaning over Spider-Man. <laughs> Goddamn, but, like... Also, technically, Spy- Peter Parker Hinchins... Yeah. He has a henshin device. Yeah, that's the whole thing. So, so here's the thing. If I ever work at Marvel, I want to fucking... I want to do a comic that is just a continuation 
and sequel to this. I mean, good luck with that. They couldn't even keep a continuation to the 90s X-Men cartoon selling. Like, don't even do, don't do a big thing. Like, do a six-issue miniseries. That's it. Beginning, middle, and end. Finish the series. End the cliffhanger. Deal with the zombies and then get Peter to fuck off counter. The zombies unite the people and, and bring peace. It's the end of Watchmen, but it's this goddamn show. Right. Uh, and then I would just... Then I would write a normal Spider-Man story where he goes into an alternate universe, bringing all the dumb shit, because I love... This is so dumb, and I love it. Real question, Moingo, is... Yes. Did you, or did you not, have a childhood crush on Lady Vermin? No. Well, what the fuck was the point of doing this podcast? To talk about this dumb show. This show isn't dumb, it's fine. It's It's perfectly... It's weird... But it's a perfectly fine show, and I think, I think the fact that it's a fine show is the weirdest thing about it. Because there's no reason this show should be good. Like, Would this be a train be, wreck. It should be the next mutation of Spider-Man cartoons. But it isn't. It's adequate. It's fine. It's like you can watch an episode and go like, "That was fucking weird," but I was entertained. Mm-hmm. Like I get the feeling that this this would be like a this would be a great. F- comic youtuber drunk first reaction video kind of a thing but like you can see like you can see how i like as a kid scrolling through tv trying to see something oh you see spider-man oh i want to watch this and you watch it and it immediately captivates a child and just goes like what the fuck am i watching why is there a tiger man what's all the animal this is spider-man what the fuck happened to spider-man yeah, I can definitely see you doing it's th- This is Boingo Core in the same way Street Sharks are. Street Sharks don't have pre-existing lore, though! No, that's what makes this is fucking weirder. Also, I just wanna, I wanna point out, guess what other show's going on around the same time? Batman Beyond is not- Batman Beyond. Sick. Uh, because Batman Beyond uh, started January 10th, 1999. Spider-Man came out October 2nd. 1999. So not enough time that it could have been a ripoff, but enough time that is probably similar ideas just happening to strike at the same time. I mean, The Matrix did come out in 1998. You know the story with Batman Beyond, by the way? No. Uh, so, like, Bruce, Tim, and company came to Warner Brothers, or whoever the fuck was in charge of the overseeing the show's production, towards the end of New Adventures of Batman. And we're straight up like, yo, we're running out of ideas. We kind of need to end this show. Is that okay? And they, and they were like, what if we put it in the future? That's really hot right now. What if we put it in the future? And they were like, that's the dumbest fucking idea ever. There's no way we can do that. And and Warner Brothers was like, think about it. Will we please for us. Fine. And then they came in on Monday and went, so here's our story bible. We we really like this concept we've come up with. Can we please do this? Also, I was still right in saying Scott McNeil jo- uh, voiced uh, John Jameson. He did the voice for Man Wolf. Well, I didn't get that far. So how was I supposed to fucking know that? I know, I'm just pointing it out. Oh man. This this fucking whole series is just fucking it, it's a, it's a, it's a ride. It's a what? It's a ride. So tell me. Tell me, Vec. Do you read any comics? Well, before we get into that, um, there were a few Marvel Legends reveals today. Do you want to talk about those? Oh, yeah. Let's let's go into my Discord server. Uh, I can bring you links, actually. I've got all the articles up. All right, cool. 
So um, the first thing that I saw, I don't think it was the first thing that went up, but uh, we have a a new deluxe because uh, these are all MCU Marvel Legends. And for the last few weeks, uh, we haven't t- talked about a lot of them, but Hasbro has been doing uh, this new subline of Marvel Legends, the Infinity Saga, of like these deluxe boxes of regular Marvel Legends figures that are like going back and redoing specific figures that they either missed or like were from way early days of new Hasbro Marvel Legends and need the update. And this one definitely falls under that set second category because this is Iron Man Mark Free from the first Iron Man movie. Um, and I'm gonna be honest, like it looked so good, I was half tempted to cancel my rule on not collecting MCU Marvel Legends. It looks really good because it comes with pretty much everything you could want for this figure. You've got uh the basic look of the armor is perfectly that de- like it's crazy how clunky the mark free looks now compared to the newer movie armors but like they got the look of that armor down just about as well as you could do at this scale i think um and this price point too um because this is since this is a deluxe figure this is retailing for 30 dollars um and it comes with alternate repulsor blast hands a alternate head with the visor up and a screen-printed Robert Downey Jr. face, and then two alternate gauntlet pieces to represent, like, the missiles and the little rapid-fire thing he does to kill a bunch of guys in that one scene um, when they're first showing off the armor after he's finished the Mark Free, And it's... It is a sick-looking figure. Um, I am I am highly tempted to get this. I don't think I actually will. Because it would be like the one MCU Legends thing I have, and it would stick out like a sore thumb. But uh, it's uh, it's pretty nice. It's a good it's a good idea to like kind of have this subline to like, hey, here's all the things we didn't get to. Mm-hmm. And then keeping in with that thing, we also got two uh, two two packs um, revealed, and the first one is uh, based off of Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel. And a slight redo of Rescue. That's nice. Um, we now, um, it because Captain Marvel's outfit and uh, obviously her hairstyle were significantly different from the Captain Marvel movie in Endgame. Though, honestly, I didn't notice how different that outfit was in Endgame until I saw this figure. I was like, wow, they really did change a lot on that. Um, and then... Uh, this this updated version of, of Rescue is going to come with a unhelmeted head and then a, a head with the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the visor lifted up. <clears throat> uh, something's in my throat, excuse me. Take a drink, take a drink. <clears throat> and then it also has the uh, the proper wing pack, which the original release didn't come with, and repulsor blast effect parts, and a nano gauntlet. Nice. Because, um, you know... Uh, the 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 whole thing is it's the scene with uh hand it, handing off the gauntlet and then hey Peter Parker you got something for me ara ara then a force I'll never let that meme die I'll never let that meme die that was glorious um but yeah that's a solid ladies two pack um doesn't super interest me but I can see why other people would be in with it um and then finally uh we have Happy Hogan and Mark, bunch of fucking Roman numerals that I don't understand from Iron Man 3. 
Uh, that's twenty-one. Okay, Mark twenty-one, which is basically just fucking golden nougat Iron Man. It looks like. Yeah, this is mostly to get a happy figure. Yeah, which is nice because he hasn't had one so far in the MCU, and he's like one of the few major characters that has one of the few supporting characters that has it. Um, and. I'll admit, it does look pretty clunky. It's definitely a lot of parts from other figures kind of, like, smushed together. But it works. It's it's good enough. Um, It's like, finally he gets a... F- it, it's good just because finally you get the Happy Hogan figure. And, like, Reddit to Hasbro, that's a pretty good-looking John Favreau head sculpt. And this is just the prototype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like... uh. I hope somebody has shown this to John Favreau. I would love to see John Favreau's reaction to seeing this, because he yeah, he strikes like... he strikes me as the kind of guy who would be like, "Oh, they made they made a doll of me. That's so nice." Yeah, I mean, he's also probably going to put him himself in Star Wars eventually. So, well, no, he's in Star Wars. He fucking vo- he's in Star Wars, and he already has a Star Wars figure. He's the big Chungus Mandalorian. Hmm. Right. I was more Ooh. thinking like face. Hmm. Well, I don't think they explicitly showed that character is dead, so he could come back and unhelmet. Though he's a member of the Helmets Always cult, so who knows? Yeah, who knows? But comics, uh, fuck. I read um, two more trades of Don of X, and that was it. Nice. What are your thoughts? It's good, and I liked it. I liked it, and it was good. Um, Marauders, uh, where they fucking discover that Kate is dead. And Storm is basically like, hey, Emma, fuck you. I knew this was going to happen, and it's all your fault. And and she's like, yeah, I know. I'm pretty upset. I tried to keep Kate close so this wouldn't happen. And uh, do you want me to turn into my diamond form so you can kick the shit out of me and feel better? No, that would be kind of weird. Fair enough. And then Iceman just going and fucking up all the humans. Like, oh, I can't kill you? All right, I'm going to freeze your limb and just break it off. Because I'm pissed. Yeah, you forget how fucking scary Iceman can get. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, what the fuck is going on with Lockheed? I want to know about that shit. I want to see how that plays out. Yep. Um, And uh, the Wolverine book actually picked up some. I was I was surprised. Like I I was pretty down on that book last time I remember. Um, but they wrapped up that first arc rather nicely. Um, maybe may totally get into Wolverine bonding with that detective character. Uh, he's a cool dude, family man. Yeah. Uh, let me just keep scrolling here. Um, oh, the fucking scene where Wolverine gets the fucking cuckoos. To just throw themselves all over Quentin in order to get him to help with Wolverine's mission is so hilarious. Because <laughs> they just fucking turn to him and go, all right, this is great, but we want to be a part of Cable's harem. Get get us in with fucking Cable. You're his uncle. You can do it. Except the one cuckoo who actually does like Quentin Choir. Yeah, that's what made it even more hilarious is I knew that because you had told me. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is going to be great to see how this plays out. Quentin's actually shaping up to be one of my favorite X-Men characters right now, just because he's such a shitbag. Mm-hmm. He's fucking hilarious. And then, like, I'll admit, I still don't love it, but the 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 shit they did with uh, um, Domino and uh, Colossus in X-Force was 
about as well handled as I think you could be on a concept like that. Yeah. Because it's a weird thing. It was like Domino didn't want to be resurrected and have a full body back again because it like like there's a part of it that felt weird and everything and like she died on a mission and she came back and she was like, No, it's fine, I'm okay. And Gloss is just like this feels a little weird. I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah, and it felt like they were really setting them up to be an item, which felt weird. Cause like there's the there's the fucking comic book nerd in me who's like, just just get it back with Kate. Just put him on the fucking Marauder. Just do it. Just do it. Please. Just do it. I want my classic pairing. But yeah. like, yeah, stuff and things. Um unless you ask uh Brian Michael Bendis, he goes like, No, Peter Parker needs to date Kate Pride. They need mm-hmm. to be a thing for some reason. And then the random ass issue where Storm just turns up dead and fucking Jean and Emma have to go into her mind to resurrect her is one of the most wonderfully abstract things I've seen out of comics in a while. Like, it felt Morrison-esque. Yeah, that was a one-shot in a series called Giant Size X-Men. Mm. They they did a short series of, like, every issue was an individual X-Men character, and that was Jean Grey and Emma Frost. They got their own issue. Mm-hmm. That's also the issue that really kind of lays out a lot more hints that of the poly relationship. Because mm-hmm. it begins with Jean Grey coming in on Scott, holding Scott's hand. And then as she's leaving, she gives a uh, kiss to Wolverine in full view of Scott. Yeah. And they let, they're fine with it. It's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and Wolverine and Scott are just chilling outside the whole time. Um, Being bros. Best bros. Also... Why the fuck is the outfit Jean wearing in that not just her regular outfit right now? It's not great, but it's so much better than the dress. It's the 90s version, isn't it, without the head sock, though? No, it's like a, it's like different colors of the 90s version. That makes me like it way better. And the shoulder pads are super toned down. Like, there's the there's the final page. I yeah, I like it. it. I like that version. That's what I think she should, that should be her normal costume. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not great, but it's good enough to be Jean Grey's standard costume. Um, and then the fucking cable solo book starting. Oh my god, I I went into that like yeah yeah cable solo book. Let's give it a shot. And it just it just kept taking me in different directions that I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, let's do this. No, the cable book's fun. The cable like, book is real fun. Like fucking, it it opens with him and Wolverine having a having a sparring match, um, and and Wolver and it gets revealed at the end that Wolverine is just throwing the fights so that he can hand out. I think they said it's nodes he's giving to everybody. Like he's a fucking old wrestler trying to put up put over all the young young up and comers that he likes, <laughs> and that's great. Um. Uh oh, and I skipped over it. The Marauders issue, which is in volume nine, um, where they where they find out Yellow Jacket is in uh Pyro's head and they deal with it. That's that's great. Especially the final scene where they go and they fuck with the kids. Yeah. Um but uh no getting back to the cable book, that that was great. And then just like the whole the whole attitude he has towards Logan and Scott, where he's like sort of respectful and scared of Scott on a dad level, but also like a fuck you dad kind of thing. And he's, and he's all, and he calls Wolverine uncle Logan, which is awesome. Yeah, man. And then, uh, the fact, 
I hadn't been keeping up with comics, so I didn't know about the whole Young Cable thing. But that that made me enjoy Young Cable. I go like, yeah, no, fucking Young Cable's dope. Same, because I was going like, okay, that's interesting, but I need to know more. Um, and then this gave me more, and I was like, all right, I'm here for it. Uh, especially because they tease old Cable coming back as a villain. Um, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm 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 already invested enough that I don't. Strife want comes me. back. Strife comes back. Okay. Do you know who Strife oh. is? Kind of, sort of. Okay, if you know the vague idea, don't worry. It's strife. Okay. Uh, I do have a question, though, just because I need I need clarification. Yes. So are Pixie and Armor supposed to be his harem, or are they just friends of him? They're just friends. Okay. Because the way the first issue, because I've only read the first issue, the way that plays it, I was like, it could be either way, especially with Make More Mutants being a thing. No, the Cable book goes pretty hard on the fact that Cable is dating one of the cuck- uh, cuckoos. Oh, okay, okay. Like, he's dating one specific cuckoo, and uh, Emma does not, like, enjoy Cable dating her daughter. Is that a thing, or the cuckoos, like, literally Emma's daughters? They're her daughters in the same way X-23 is Wolverine's daughter. Oh. So, they're a clone, but their DNA was fucked with. In the cloning process, so they're a different entity. That's how they get around the fact that they can still be resurrected even though they don't resurrect clones. Uh, also, the other thing I love about the Cable book, they brought in fucking ROM shit. Yeah. I popped so hard when I realized what that sword was. It's it's ROM, boy. ROM! Except we can't bring in ROM. But we can use Space Knights and all that shit, so why not? They say Solar Star. It's cool. I like it. Um, and then uh, we got the Brood issues, where Brood becomes leader of the Brood. And that shit was just crazy and awesome in an action movie kind of way. Especially the fucking bit where Cyclops first shows up to the fight, and he just goes up to Magic and is like, Commander, and she just goes, Captain. And he goes, can I have some holes to shoot my eye beams into? She's like, Sure, coming right up. <laughs> I, I love that whole vibe. Uh, Craig, you got this connected. I guess we're using Garrick this week. All right. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the fucking bit where he's like, uh, hey, can you hold the line? And she's like, and he just goes, good girl, and walks away. Goddamn. I, I love Cyclops being like the badass who can just talk to all the badasses and like everybody just sort of like, Fuck you, Scott. You're right, but fuck you. Mm-hmm. Also, those issues were like my first comic book experience with with uh, Havoc and the other Summer's brother. And fucking, I had no idea that, um, oh my god, what's his fucking name? Uh, Purple Mohawk Man. What's his, what's his name again? Gladiator? Yeah, I had no idea Kid Gladiator was a thing. <laughs> so they bring in Kid Gladiator, and I'm like... All right, we can do that for a minute, okay. Wait, but now you have some experience with Gladiator because of the Phoenix Saga. Mm-hmm. I still don't like his design, but he was f- written fine in these issues. Um, but, yeah, th- those issues were just fun. That was just fun, like, crazy action main book stuff. Um, and then, I'm trying to think if I've scrolled past it, if it was, like, an X-Force thing, or where, where did that happen? I'm trying to think of it before I get to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it happens in X-Force. The fucking reveal of the Green Lagoon is the greatest pay- the greatest fucking splash page reveal in comics I've seen in a long time. 
Because it was because they set know. it up of Xavier's like, yo, we need like a rec center because everybody's just fucking getting drunk in town square, and we can't be having that if we're trying to be a legit nation. And Black Tom's like, oh, I got it covered. We came up with we we set that up last week. He's like, what? Why had nobody told me? Because we don't want you there because you're a party pooper. Fair enough, I guess. But like, can I still come? Yeah, now that we've told you, I guess. And then like two issues later, here's the Green Lagoon. And it's the sickest fucking splash page of just all these characters hanging out and having fun in a fucking bar that's surrounded by like a jacuzzi slash pool with like a little island that's a stage that fucking Dazzler is performing on. Oh my god, I love it. You see who's the bartender? Blob. Bob's the bartender. He gets to be happy. Did you just call him Blob? No, I you said Bob. 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 Don't call him Blob. He's real sensitive about his weight. Well, uh, like also just seeing like a bunch of the cool like side characters. You see uh uh Magneto in the background, he's drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the scene where Wolverine has a drinking contest with him so he can steal the helmet. That's so good. Oh man, and you and like there's people in the water, they're hanging out. You see some some duplicates. Also, Sebastian Shaw's on the bottom, he's puking his guts out. Yeah. Uh and the fucking the bit where um because Wolverine is there hanging out. The setup is that Wolverine is there hanging out with uh, fucking Gabby and Dokken. And like they, um, I forget how it happens, but like a bar fight is about to start. And they're like, should we, Dad? And he's like, fuck yeah, let's fight as a family. It'll be awesome. And I'm like, this is the most based I've ever seen Wolverine. I love it. Yeah. And you also have like uh, uh, Emma Frost and her whole crew walking in like they own the place. You have Gambit and Rogue flirting it up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. I just noticed fucking uh, Forge is trying to hit on Storm. Also, oh, also in the splash page, you see uh, Dokken and Wolverine playing uh, uh, Healer Roulette. Yeah, I, that's uh, that's how it opens. And I just fucking realized, and I'm checking real quick. Damn, Gwenpool is not in this splash page. That would have been a great place to just throw her in somewhere. But, yeah. Uh, oh, well. And uh, fucking just Apocalypse sitting at a table by himself and, and Gene and Scott trying to come up and talk to him and clearly being awkward as fuck. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that they're trying to do. They're getting a lot of cool character stuff dealt with. Just Havoc like, having a, a nice, Here's a nice, wholesome X-Men poster that comic book shops can sell. Here's the thing that X-Men have been wanting for years. A place to be quiet and normal and themselves without fear of the outside world. Mm-hmm. Mystique hanging out with Wolverine and watching the whole thing. Colossus looking on, disappointed. Mm. It's just... It's just the whole thing. The whole vibe is just solid. Banshee, Polaris, uh, one of the multiple mans, and fucking uh, Havoc, and I don't recognize that other character. They're all at a table together. Yeah. I think that's another one of the New Mutants. I think that's Mirage. Yeah. Oh, and Nightcrawler is is stealing a drink from the bar with his powers. That's great. Yeah. No, it's just all around just wholesome. It's nice. It's nice seeing them be happy for once. Mm-hmm. Seeing mutants in a normal a normal normal environment. 
and then Wolverine and uh, Kid Omega and fucking uh, Domino get dragged away to go do a mission in Savage Lands, and it's miserable. Yeah, because, it, because this is X Force, and of course that happens. And Kid Omega um, goes in full pants and the, a fucking flannel shirt, and he's fucking sweating his ass off, and he's going like, "It's so fucking hot." And Wolverine just goes like, "Take off your fucking shirt, jacket," and he goes like, "This is like a thousand dollar jacket." Oh, and Wolverine just cuts it off, and it's like, "There, you feel better now." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was uh, volumes eight and nine of Dawn of X. I had meant to read volume 10 before this, but got busy because that happens. So real quick, let's, I have a lot of comics I read, so let's tell talk me about, about all the comics. Tell me, tell me about all the comics. Make it so I can't even sleep tonight. Do it. Do it. So do it. first things first, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah. We have uh, the, that on MMWP, didn't we? Yep. 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 Uh, it's fine. It's a fun little goofy comic. Um, he comes into a, a small Texas town, goes like, hey, y'all fucking shit up. I'm going to beat your ass. And the town starts looking at him as a hero, and he's going like, I'm not a hero. I'm not here to save you. I'm here for my own reasons. It just so happens to save you, too. But I'm not here for you. I'm here for me. You know, classic Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. So he goes up against this criminal organization that's fucking over this small town, and they're just trying to figure out, why is Stone Cold Steve Austin doing this? And, like, one of the early theories is, like, is he a son of someone we fucked over? Is that why? And it's like, no. Like, he's not related to anybody in this town. Why? And, like, earlier on in the uh, the four-issue miniseries, Stone Cold is looking on at at an oil field where an old guy got pushed off his land. Okay, and he looks pissed because he's like, okay, hero of the people. And so, like, eventually, the big crime boss goes like, "Why the fuck are you doing all this?" And he goes, "Yo, that old farmer, you pushed off his land so you could steal his oil. What are you like his son? Are you related to him? Nah, I was just passing by and I was hungry as fuck, and he fed me even though he had so little. And then I heard that you fucked him over and he died. I'm gonna fuck your shit up. That's the whole reason." It's that one dude helped him, and it's like, oh, no. They fucked over that dude? I'm going to destroy your entire criminal enterprise. Sick. Yeah. It's it's not great, but it's a, it's a cute little story about Stone Cold Steve Austin fighting bad guys. Let's see. I read the second issue of uh, Spider-Man, the Spider-Shadow what-if story. Right. And it's, it's basically just more Spider-Man diving deeper into darkness and all that stuff and killing people. Hmm. I uh, read the latest issue of X-Factor, which sadly is going to end at issue 10, even though it's one of my favorite X-Books going right now. Right. Uh, yep. Uh, they basically try to start wrapping up a lot of the story that they were dealing with. Uh, it's so far satisfying. It's pretty quick. But again, they just gave the uh, writer a, just a recently notice of what's going on. So they had to wrap it up quick. Uh, and basically they realized, oh, wait a second. We are able to do the thing where our mutant powers can combine in interesting ways to do new things. That's kind of dope. Let's see. I read Giant Size Amazing Spider-Man, King's Ransom. That's the end of the current arc. Boomerang uh, basically betrays Spider-Man so he can become a bad guy again, but Boomerang feels really bad about it, and you can tell that that's going to be his story going forward. It's like a redemption trying to actually be a good guy. Okay. Uh, Also... Kingpin brings back his son. His son back from the dead. 
That's not just something they made up for Spider-Verse? Nope. It may be inspired by Spider-Verse, though. Uh, Heroes Reborn issues one and two. Uh, It's a cool little alternate story thing. It feels a lot like House of M, but Avengers. The basic premise is, uh, what would the Marvel Universe look like if Captain America hadn't come out of the ice? And it's basically, it's basically DC. It's DC Comics. They do a lot of things like DC Comics. Okay. Yeah. Like, Hyperion is basically Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I was listening to a podcast where people were talking about the original uh, Squadron Supreme at work today. They, like, fused, uh... The Beyonder and Mr. and uh, Beyonder and Mr. Mystic Picklick. Hmm. The Hulk is basically bizarro because this alternate reality is fucking with the Hulk's mind, so he's talking backwards. Okay. And it's basically Blade is the only person who realizes the world's fucked up and he's trying to get the Avengers back together. And so he's trying to find Captain America and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Then I read the one shots. One of them is just setting up more things in the main series. It's fine. The other one is Peter Parker, the Amazing Shutterbug. It's basically Peter, the Peter Parker of this universe, this whole story, where uh, he didn't get bit by a spider, um, and his life just goes on as normal. And eventually, Mary, uh, Aunt May is in a department store while Hyperion's fighting outside, and collateral damage kills Aunt May. So he goes like, uh, I need to get a job to help my uncle. And so he becomes a photographer. Because he develops a drone system that can follow Hyperion on all of his adventures. So he becomes Jimmy Olsen. Oh. And during the events of the main book, uh, everything, uh, all the bad guys are escaping uh, the negative zone, which is basically the, the, the kind of jerry-rigged phantom zone. So all the bad guys are escaping that. And basically, do you know the Annihilation way from Annihilation? Sort of. It's a giant colony of bugs that Annihilus commands well basically they shrunk it down so it's about the size of like a cloud and not the size of like a galaxy destroying event Mm. and uh hyperion stops it all that kind of stuff but one was left and it bit peter parker so he starts mutating into a weird annihilus creature and he goes like well i know what i'm doing he jumps out of the window and kills himself damn that's the story of peter parker in this universe uh also, Hank Pym is there. He turns himself into Ultron and is like uh, Metallo with the Whoa. Kryptonian heart, but it's Hank Pym, uh, Pym product particles. It's neat. Uh, I started reading the Magic the Gathering Boom comic. It's it's weird high fantasy. That's about it. All right. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the issue that deals with Doctor Doom. Uh, basically, they're trying to fight Doctor Doom, and he does all his magic bullshit. He changes his body into the Hulkling. And fights him there, and it's just like, ha, I'm Dr. Doom, you can't beat me, fuck you. And they figure, oh, wait a second, Dr. Doom's really prideful. If we insult him, he might change back, and we could do something there. So they start saying, like, oh, you you can't beat us in your human body? That's kind of lame. And Dr. Doom goes like, motherfucker, I'm Dr. Doom, I can beat you in whatever body I want. So he starts to change his mind over, but then they mess with his magic, and they put him in the body of Rocket Raccoon. So you just see Rocket Raccoon talking like Doom for a few minutes. Whoa. And they're trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do with Doom? And then Peter Quill comes up with the idea of, like, wait a second, Dr. Doom may be a bastard, but he's a man of his word? And so Peter Quill comes up with the brilliant idea. Hey, Dr. Doom, you're drafted into the Guardians of the Galaxy, because if, we, because if you're a man of your word, you'll help us out and not screw us over by being a Guardian of the Galaxy. 
Hmm. So basically, it's using Doctor Doom's own logic to like make him a good guy. Whoa! <laughs> I'm trying to breeze through some of these because I can tell you are tired. I'm I'm doing the best. Yeah, I'm just I'm doing the best. I am the best. This is a wrestling promo now. Fuck you. Uh, We're gonna fight. Curse Where of the man I? thing. <laughs> We're talking about man thing here. Okay, okay. I'm. Uh, who's man thing? He's like Swamp Thing, but mannier. All right, sick. Uh, basically, they set up the idea that uh, the new status quo for Man Thing, where the he's an, a dimension in and of himself, and the dude who became Man Thing is in it, and they uh, they fight people. They fight the person who was causing all the problems. Uh, hmm. Strange Academy, the newest issue, issue ten. They take a field trip to Asgard. They get disappointed because Thor doesn't come and greet them. It's Volstag. What a bunch of bitches. Volstag's awesome. Fuck them. They're teenagers. What Fuck do you expect? Them. Also, it turns out that the uh, the twins, uh, the Asgardian twins that are at the Academy, they're the sons of the Enchantress. Whoa. Yeah. Hellions, they go on a mission, but uh, Arcade fucks them up. Arcade's the dude who makes death traps. Who did the Enchantress fuck? A random Asgardian. Okay. Uh, but basically, the whole point of the mission was to build uh, a, a thing that uh, Mr. Sinister want wanted so he basically what tricked his team to do it for him uh do the thing for him and uh the only person he couldn't do that to is psylocke so like the rest of the team has their mind altered to think oh we won the the battle we did we 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 were a superhero team we did the thing but psylocke is just look knows mr center just sort of fucked them all over and it's just like fuck you you asshole so pretty much hellions <laughs> uh the first issue of x corp uh it's cool. It's basically like, hey, Krakoa, but they're a corporation, and they're trying to do corporate stuff, and they're trying to sell their goods to humans. Uh, this stars Angel Pennant, uh, Angel, the woman, the red woman from Hawks and Pox, who went on the mission with them. When you know the one fighting. How long does it take for them to fucking use their powers and hit things? Uh, and Mister Duplicate, Duplicate. Bolingo, how are you going to sell a book if there's no fighting? Um, by having a giant fucking uh, helicarrier corporate headquarters that flies to Brazil to save Angel. Whoa. Also, Angel gets hit by something or is, like, stressed and slowly turns into Archangel. So, like, he's both. He can be both Archangel and Archangel. I Yeah. And I started reading the 2020 version of Star Wars Darth Vader. It is dope. Uh, I I thought I heard people saying it wasn't that good, but I really enjoyed it. You're probably thinking of... Oh, God, I can't remember the exact... It's like something like Star Wars Vader Visions, mm. which is a book that gets real fucking toxic about some of the some of the ways it writes women. It's real embarrassing. The way They did something interesting with women in this book, because basically this takes place right after Empire, so Darth Vader's going like, okay, who the fuck didn't tell me about my son? Who the fuck didn't tell me about Padme? What the fuck's going on? So he goes on a mission to fucking find out this information. And he eventually gets to, uh, uh, now, uh, 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 he gets to Tatooine because he's looking up things. And then he sees a woman who looks exactly like Padme. And you're going like, is that fucking Padme? Are they making Padme alive? What the fuck's going on? Next issue? No. Remember the handmaidens of Padme in episode one? Mm-hmm. They all lived. 
they all still look like Padme, and they're all trying to get revenge on whoever killed Padme. It's Anakin Skywalker. So, like, they don't know Darth Vader's Anakin Skywalker, but they think Darth Vader killed Anakin and Padme. So they all lead him into a trap on Naboo with all, like, the, the people who were still loyal to Amidala. And they go like, hey, Darth Vader, you killed Amidala and her boyfriend. Fuck you, we're gonna kill you. And Darth Vader goes like, no, you're not, I'm Darth Vader. So he gets out of that situation. He gets to the Emperor, and the Emperor goes like, bitch, I told you you're, I told you to get your ass home, and you didn't. Fuck you. I'm removing your robot limbs, putting you back on Mustafar, and you have to crawl your way back here on your own with no force. The second I know how you out use the force, I'm going to send the platoon to fucking kill you. Damn, Palpy's an asshole. Darth Vader's on Mustafar. He's crawling to the mining station. He takes droid parts, fucking welds them onto his robot parts. So now he's walking. He has a big-ass fucking robot arm, and he's trying to deal with the thing. And then a fucking Sith assassin shows up and goes like, hey, I'm supposed to make your life harder. And he goes like, motherfucker, you're not even a member of the Sith. You're just following order. You're just doing this for because? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. It's like, all right, fine. So he's trying to get his way to Palpatine to go like, motherfucker, I'm killing you, Palpatine. And he gets to the the planet from episode nine. Exegol? Exegol. He goes to Exegol. And they basically go like, here, motherfuckers, here's your fucking lore reason why Exegol exists. It's a secret base. How is it powered and how is all the things done? Guess what? They have a giant fucking kyber crystal that they're torturing for energy. There. You happy? Oh. But basically, Darth Vader does Darth Vader shit, and Palpatine goes like, "All right, cool, you you passed the test. Let's go do shit." And that's the that's the story so far. It's good. Hmm. So, uh, uh, fucking sidebarring back to X Factor for a second. Did you see that thing where like some fucking comic journalist tried to stir up shit about that book getting canceled by being like, "Yo, look at the torrent numbers for this. Everybody who fucking torrented and read this on Read Comics, you're an asshole because you're the reason this series got canceled." And was like trying to at the writer. That's that's gross. It, it's I'm pretty sure what is happening is it's not it's getting ended. She, she's doing the trial of Magneto because it's the same creative team. They're doing trial of Magneto because it's probably related to X Factor, and then they're going to do more X Factor afterwards, restarting at number one. That's, that's even worse than I thought it was. Because that's, that's probably what's happening because they're doing trial of Magneto, which looks interesting. But it's pretty late. You're you're tired. Why don't you tell the people where you're where they can find you? E H E V A C U U M I N A T O R. That is how you spell the vacuumator. Go search it on whatever fucking website you want and subscribe to or follow whatever account comes up. Maybe it's mine, maybe it's not. I don't fucking care. I'm excited because the G- the Snake Eyes Origins trailer comes out this weekend, guys. New generation of Baroness simps. Let's go. All right. Well, hey, howdy, honey. I'm Chris Bunga, writer guest, and I make video essays and editorials on YouTube. Uh, you can find me by searching for Boingo Writer. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Boingo underscore writer. You can join my Discord server. I'll link to that. It's in the description. And if you're listening to this on Modular Media on YouTube, remember to subscribe, like, and leave a comment. If you're listening to this on any other podcasting platform, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts, remember, you can follow it and get every episode as we update. Uh, if you want, 
you can leave a voice message on our Anchor page. A link to that is on our YouTube page. It's anchor.fm forward slash no prize podcast, I think. I'll get a better description. I'll get a better version of that. But in the meantime, this has been Modular Media No Prize Podcast. Vac, do you have any final words before we leave and let you go to sleep? Why was the suit, man? I what? Uh Uh-huh. Enough said.